You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. So right out of the gates, Miss Shannon, I got to go to the inbox at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Do it. What's so there? This is an e- well, a lot of emails actually, because you know our <laughs> listeners rock. And- I know they start piling up, and it gets a little exciting. <laughs> and that's fantastic because we love hearing feedback and information and questions and comments and thoughts that come to us from our listeners. From we, all over the world. That's right, because we do you have the sexiest. the one that we got today from, like, Germany or yep, somewhere? We have the sexiest listeners on the planet. But this is an email that came in and said, My wife got me hooked on the show. We listen to the newest episodes together, but we're on different spots in the archives. So we, our show has helped open their, their minds and eyes to various subjects that need to be addressed. And they've, we've helped them through some struggles after child number four. But they were recently listening to an episode on redefining a stud. And his wife brought up an interesting point. She said the word stud doesn't necessarily need to be redefined, just looked at from a different angle. Because a stud is also part of the wall that supports and defines a home. And so I believe this would perfectly define the middle-aged, balding, slightly overweight man who goes to work every day, sacrificing himself to be the best husband and father he can be. Well, my wife made this comment, and I just felt the urge to share it with you. So thanks again for all that you do. I love that concept because you think about it, we know that there are studs in our walls because our houses are erect, but we never think about how attractive or unattractive that stud may be. It really doesn't matter. <laughs> They're serving a really great role, a well, great purpose. And, and the way that uh, the environment has been lately in the States, studs have served an important role with all the hurricanes that have hit that keep things up. <laughs> You know? Right. <laughs> so so very true. It, it, it reminds me of a conversation I overheard one time in an airport where uh, this woman was bemoaning about her husband do- doesn't do this and doesn't do that and does this and it drives her crazy. And the lady was just patiently listening. And then she just interrupted her and, and said, well, I just want to let you know that I'm in my mid fifties and I've never been married before. And I would gladly take your husband off your hands if you're ready to get rid of him. <laughs> and the lady's she, she just totally changed. So she's like, no, you're right. There's probably yeah. reason to keep him around. It's like, you know, they, they serve really great roles in our lives. It's all about perspective, isn't it? Well, this is Sexy Marriage Radio. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us. We're, we love when couples and individuals uh, invite us into their home and invite us into their marriages and their their minds, and then they give us their feedback, and those come to feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. You can also jump on iTunes and leave any kind of a comment or review because we love the word to spread further and further that married sex is the hotbed and sacred spot for sex because that's where it's the best. And so we want to just continually espouse that that message and thank you for helping make that happen. Mm-hmm. Spreading the word for us. Word of mouth marketing is the best there is. Absolutely. So we had some interesting dialogue last night as we're recording the show, because this was one of the times in the Sexy Marriage Radio Academy where we did a, the live Q&A with our members. Which, which I really wish that more people would join in on that conversation because it goes so deep in that hour and a half. <laughs> it does. It's it does so do that. Fun. So, but that brought up a couple of interesting points that are worth exploring. I think as an episode, um, mm-hmm. you want you want to set the stage, or shall I? Yeah. Well, let me let me go to the email that we got that kind of sparked this whole idea. 
I thought this was a brilliant concept. Um, Matt says, I would like to suggest a show on how to start the crock pot or how to turn the crock pot up. He says, honestly, I've been married nine years. I still don't know what turns her on. We had a discussion about it. And all she could come up with is that she likes when I make her laugh. And he's like, really? That's it? I need to figure this out because it's really getting me down. He says, I'm not sure if I've ever seen her hot and ready. Like she's a, a little Caesar's pizza, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe two times in nine years. Uh, she has libido issues, arousal issues, and needless to say, has never climaxed. I listen to podcasts. I read articles. Everything just gets me jealous or in despair or hopeless. How do I get her in that place? He says, I know all women are different. The advice I see is let her tell you what works. Let her show you what she wants. Well, that doesn't work because she doesn't know what she likes or wants. Mm -hmm. So I'll let you continue the conversation from there, Corey. Well, that then led to, uh, not from this email, but that also led to a conversation that we had on on the call last night, which was the live Q&A, was uh, what do I do when I don't know what I want? Because I think we have to come to grips with the reality that there are aspects of our lives and for sure moments of our lives where I don't know what I want. And that's a legit, I have no clue. And that's almost when I would want somebody to come in and make my decision for me. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes right. it's just, I don't know what I want. And so I'm not going to move or do anything, you know, towards right. something because I don't know. But I, I think we have to at least dispel and confront the myth of, do we always know what we want? Do we always know the answer to, to that question? Um, do we know what turns us on? Because that's a fluid thing. Um, do we know what I'm Very interested fluid. in? Because that's a fluid thing. You know, what worked last time may not work this time. And mm -hmm. so it's, it's interesting to me that the framework of the, of the discussion has to be explored as well as the question. Mm -hmm. So I completely agree. The whole concept of letting someone else make the choice for you, though, Corey, like to me, that reeks of possibility for someone to feel like, I don't want to be controlled. I don't want to be told what to do. So I think that the caveat to that concept of I'm just going to let you decide how to get the ball rolling with us is you have to be willing to let the ball roll and not just stop it dead in its tracks and be like, you're not rolling over me. Okay. Because I, I think that there are a lot of human beings on the planet that because they felt out of control as a child, they need to feel in control as an adult. And they may not be open to being told, you know, hey, let's do this or let's do that. And they need to come up with ideas on the, of their own okay. if control is something that's important to them. No, I, I agree. But I, I think to me, the premise of this whole thing is this, this is a theme of some of the emails we've received lately of – you have the disparity in the relationship when it comes to levels of interest or desires or wanting or eroticism or arousal or any kind of a topic that, that has to do with our sex life. So if I look at it from that framework, there's an element, I think, that sometimes we wonder, how can I confront this without the pressure that's going to be associated with it? And there's no way to do it in my mind. There's mm -hmm. always pressure in a marriage because we know each other and we know a lot about each other. And so, you know, somebody's look as to what they're interested in based on past experiences with them and that look. So it's the idea of when I reach the point of, I don't know what I want that, 
okay, then that means somebody's got to take the lead and be a, a better student and a, a better pursuer and in some instances seeking what they're interested in, which usually also from the, the, the f- emotional feeling of this message, it's not like he wants to just run over her. He wants to please right. and be a part of her and, and her enjoyment and be a, a, a tool that, <laughs> that helps her uh, right. experience more. So it's not about a selfishness. This is just all about me, serve me. This is about how do we do something together and so it's still, I think we've, because there, there's several emails that just come to my mind, even though I haven't gone through them lately, that are like, how do I take the pressure off of my partner with this? And it's like, you don't, you can't, because the reality is that there's going to be that pressure. It's just, how do I apply the pressure in the most, most positive way I can and, and mm-hmm. the, the most upfront, overt way I can, not I'm going to run you over and wield this as a weapon kind of squash you pressure. And right. that's the premise of it to me that it, we have to at least establish because this whole, okay, the way I think we do this uh, in our field, a lot of times, whenever we're trying to teach conflict management skills and we get into the whole, I'm not going to say we, cause I don't do this. Um, <laughs> the, the, the field gets they. into the field gets into the whole. Okay, so you you give me your argument. I will reflect back what I heard you say to where you have till till I hear from you that I, I have understood what you say, and then you get a chance to respond. That's trying to take the pressure out of arguments. Hmm. You can't. And that might help right. get under, better understanding and lessen the temp the temperature some, but it's not taking mm-hmm. the pressure away of the fact that we don't see things eye to eye. Right. So yeah. we do this. I think, I think human nature is trying to find that path around it, and we can't. And we got to realize it's just the reality. So mm-hmm. that being Marriage said, is- let's, let's shift it to now what yeah. do we do with it? Right. Marriage is certainly a pressure cooker environment. No way around that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the best we can do is just, you know, jiggle the knob to where, you know, some steam rolls off of it, but it's still <laughs> processing with a lot of pressure. I, I completely agree that sometimes I don't know really is an answer. And it's not that they're trying to be passive aggressive. Right. It's, it's not that um, it's not that they don't want to participate necessarily. I think that this oftentimes goes back to, I mean, I don't want to play into the stereotypes, but generally men would complain that she's the crock pot and she's the one who doesn't know what she wants. Mm-hmm. But I think that so oftentimes, as we were talking about last night with a couple of the ladies who chimed in, that girls especially are not really raised with the with the notion of your feelings are valid, your feelings are important, what would you like to do, mm-hmm. how do you feel about this, that a lot of times with um, families of origin, there's this spoken or unspoken message of children should be seen and not heard, and you're not entitled to have an opinion until you're 18, and, you know, stop crying or I'm going to give you something to cry about or stop being a scaredy baby or, you know, it's just we are belittled for our feelings so okay. oftentimes as children. So we learn to just try not to have them, okay. to just try to go through the motions and cope and keep the good report cards coming in and do the chores and and just try to keep mom and dad happy. So oftentimes a woman really hasn't had the opportunity to do soul searching, to ask herself, how do I feel? What do I need? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's one of the main things that I love to do at Women at the Well workshops. I'm going to give a little plug for uh, the workshop coming up November 5th through the 8th. We're about half full. So there's still plenty of spots 
Happy to offer a $100 off coupon for any Sexy Marriage Radio listener who lets us know that that's why you're applying. But the notion of getting in touch with how you feel about yourself, about your partner, about your sexuality, about your body, about the exchange of sexual energy. And so oftentimes women were made to feel shame about all things sexual. So when her husband comes at her and says, you know, well, how can I warm you up? How can I, you know, how can we, you know, create some interest here? So oftentimes she will just literally shut down because Mm -hmm. she has no answer that she feels as if is certain and solid and that she can be proud of. Right. And that's what's interesting then, because if you go to the other extreme of that for men, where there is a breed of men that are nice guys and they take their cue off of a happy or satisfied or pleasured wife, you talk, that's a definition of stalemate. Exactly. I was going to say that (laughs) now you've got two sides of the coin that are just never feeling they're, bonded together. They're waiting for the other person to fit, to tell them what I'm supposed to do rather than how do I find this in myself and lead something that way? Because that's the struggle. I think a lot of times we can face in marriage is how do I lead effectively? How do I um, seek what I'm interested in? Uh, this, this pot just popped into my head that when I was dating Pam, Oh, those many years ago, um, cause it's been a long time. Um, I had an element of guilt because I had that mindset of how far can I go with her when we were first dating, you know, it's that how far can I get? And it's kind of this whole mindset of I'm the aggressor. I'm the one and I'm the sneaky one. I'm the, uh, you know, and I had this guilt with me. And after several years of marriage, we were talking about, um, our dating life and how everything kind of unfolded. And, it was funny because I made the comment of, yeah, I've always felt kind of guilty for that. And she's like, why would you? I loved when you would do that. I was, mm. I would, I would strategically plan so that you could, you know, and it's just this whole, okay, now that just totally blows everything in my mind of. Total I, paradigm shift. Right, it is. But it's still that whole, is it, isn't there an element of us as humans, especially in the Western culture that we have of there is guilt and shame surrounding sex? Yes. So that's why I love doing this show with you because I want to try to lift that anxiety from people. Right. So it's just yeah. so if I'm if I'm looking at this 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 dilemma of okay, what do I do when when one person doesn't know what they want? Well then that means to me somebody's got to take the lead. Somebody has to make the move. Somebody has to set the tone and have some sort of plan. You want me to tell you who I think that it should be? Go. Santa Claus. <laughs> wouldn't that be the tooth fairy? Wouldn't that be lovely? <laughs> the sex fairy. Wouldn't, wouldn't there be, wouldn't that be a great concept <laughs> if it actually existed? Okay. So the frustration with our emailer with Matt is that he's tried, he's tried, he's tried, he's tried. He doesn't know what else to do. The problem is, is that he is trying to make her feel something that only she can feel herself that only she can create within herself. I think we've mentioned it on multiple shows before that it is never a spouse's responsibility to turn their other spouse on. We can only have uh, control over our own sexual energies. Right. And so she needs to learn what turns her on. Yep. Again, something else that we go in very uh, in a very deep way uh, with women at the well workshops is helping them understand what are your fantasies? What are your 
um, your points of arousal? What are the times that you felt your sexiest? What are the roles that you feel comfortable playing? What are the, how can you flirt or banter or initiate or start without guilt, shame, or inhibition? How can you boldly step into that role of being a sexually confident wife? I think that the first thing that a woman has to get rid of is that voice in her head that says good girls don't do that. Right. That good girls wait and they they let themselves be pursued, but they don't pursue. And I do not agree with that message whatsoever. I think that once you get married, it's kind of more fun if it's a tennis match of, of you take sure. turns sure. serving the ball back and forth to each other. So it's definitely not his job to turn her on, nor is it her job to turn him on, but it is fun trying i'm not saying don't no, you know I, play the game okay but l- let's go even deeper than that though so how how do you set the scenario in this example of okay because if the, the way i could see it unfolding is if it's my job to figure out what turns me on then that just means i've got to figure it out so there's there's more pressure which usually when it comes to our libido and pressure those two don't go don't play well together Right. It's almost like <laughs> art and war. <laughs> I mean, stress stress limits libidos most of the time. And exactly. It limits creativity. Yep. So yeah, it, it does. So how do you how does this play out practically within the dynamic of husband and wife? I, I guess let's let's go there for a second. Okay. Well, a, a good predictor of future behavior is past behavior. So mm-hmm. looking at what has turned you on before. What are the thoughts? What are the experiences? What are the activities? What are the fantasies? What are the dynamics? What are the words that generally has turned you on? So remember to some positive experiences. So for for Matt's wife to remember, what, what about those two times that I really was hot and ready? What got me hot and ready? What was it? Was it that we watched a movie? Was it I was lying in his arms while we were watching the movie? Was it that I took a bubble bath and shaved my legs? Was it that I had been reading a, a really racy novel at the time? Was it that I heard a friend talking about how great their sex life was and I decided, hey, I'm gonna right. I'm gonna try to cultivate more of that in my own marriage? Like what was it that inspired her? Mm-hmm. Because requiring a wife to try to step up her game is probably going to have the opposite effect. She's going to feel like, well, my feelings just don't matter to you. Don't you understand that I've got this and I've got that and kids are at my ankles and I've got work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so to try to require it not, does not work at all to try to inspire it in yourself. I think a journaling exercise, like we talked about last night is a really good step of take, take a, a few hours one week to just really contemplate when are the times in my life that I felt most aroused and why, what, what was the dynamic behind it? What, what was going on in the background of my life or in the forefront of my life? And then also just watch yourself over the course of about 30 days and whatever it is that your husband does or says, or doesn't do, or doesn't say, or, you know, however he's playful or however he's brazen or bold or whatever, whatever it is that you like, write that down. But don't show it to him until after that 30 days. Okay. And I would think that a wife could come up with something more than just, I like it when you make me laugh. That this would be a really great exercise. Uh, I like it when he wears those jeans. I like it when he wears that certain cologne. I like it when he talks about, you know, an issue going on in our society. And I realize how smart he is. Like women are usually attracted to some characteristic about Mm -hmm. him. And, and that's what drew her in the first place. So mm-hmm. even asking that question, what drew you to him in the first place? So I, 
I don't know why this didn't jump out to me sooner, but I like it when you make me laugh. Well, Matt, make her laugh. <laughs> I mean, and this isn't as, this isn't as part of foreplay, just as part of life with each other. Be engaged and fun and funny and add your sense of humor or whatever it is that sets a tone because that's what shifts the entire playing field. Well, and he probably thinks that making someone laugh isn't necessarily sexy. I think women would disagree. I think that women will yeah. say that, yes, a man who has a great sense of humor, who can make her laugh, especially at herself or at him, and it just keeps it casual and relaxed and fun and laid back, that is yep. sexy. Well, this because is... it shows that a man is comfortable in his own skin, right. and that is sexy. Confidence is sexy. And that's where you set a different tone. And that's where, to me, practically speaking, I, I, I like the idea of how do I do some internal soul-searching and processing of past experiences and, and get that data to know. But there's we can't, we can't deny the relational aspect of it, too, in that it, in light of one person not knowing, the other person's going to have to lead and set a tone then. And so that means you need to be a better pursuer. You need to set a better framework. You need to be the, the more alpha, the more captain, um, the, something that draws her to you, that has a little bit of this almost chauvinistic, you are my woman kind of a thing. That's a protective security kind of, you know, that it's, it's a presence. I think of it in terms of what's happened in my life with, with Pam. I used to make um, the sexually suggestive or cr- slightly crude comments to her, and and they they turned her off. They they were kind of they were like, "All you want ever want is sex. You just see me as an object, whatever." But you sounded that, like Howard Stern. Yeah. No, no, I was a nice guy saying them. It, there was a manipulative. <laughs> there was a manipulative level to it, and so there she was, was reading was a, that it was a cordial. Howard Stern on his best behavior. Maybe, but not even that, because he's got a different genre going on that that fits to where I'm heading with this more than what I was doing, because I was doing it as a covert kind of a game. And she was reading it and going, I know exactly what you're saying. But then as I started growing in confidence in my own skin, and I would say these same things, it had a different effect because... Hmm. I wasn't as attached to the outcome, and I wasn't ashamed of what I wanted as an outcome. You were calm, more confident with right. That. It was like I and want you sexy. to know I am into you, and I like what I see, and that's the difference. Of rather than I'm just trying to figure out a way to get you out of your clothes, and so I'm, maybe this will work, and maybe that will work, and that's the difference. And so it's how do I start living <laughs> a better tone and lead? And it's not just sexually; it's everything where I set a good lead. This is the one thing I tell all the guys in my mastermind groups that because there are times and situations that happen in your marriage, and we've probably had this conversation on the show before, but it's worth coming back to that when your wife presents you with a, Hey, do you want to do a or B, you know, like for dinner, do you want to go out to eat at Saltgrass or do you want to just pick up a burger? Even if you don't care, cause you're like meat, meat. I don't, I'm fine. You know, just whatever, make a decision. If she's presenting you an option, make a decision for her because that's why she's presenting it. And she doesn't care either. And so then you get, you get out of that whole sitting in the, in the car. Well, where do you want to go? What do you want to do? I don't do? know. Where All do that you kind of go? crap. Right. Cause it just ruins things. So I, somebody has got to have a plan and mm-hmm. then you use that pressure of, 
I've got a plan for how I want sex to unfold. I've already I've made you laugh several times this week. I've already got we've got a good banter going on before us. I've got a plan of what I want to do with you. And I will be open and willing when you say, no, I want to do this. Now, all of a sudden, you've just told me what you wanted. But, mm. but without that, I'm going to follow my plan because it's also going to include you. It's not just about me. And if I'm doing that, that's good pressure mm-hmm. because I'm also saying to my wife, I'm open to what you want. I want to try this. Let's do that because I think you would enjoy it. No, I really don't. Okay. Well, then I'm going to go back to what I want because it's, that's we too often get caught up in this whole cycle of I'm following along. I got this idea. She doesn't respond the way I was hoping she would. And so therefore I start to pull back and now we're both just kind of, well, now what? Right. And still me. we've lost the, the, the spark between us. Whereas if one of us takes a good setting, setting of the tone and a good lead, because typically speaking, we want to follow or lead, mm-hmm. right? And we and those are fluid and interchangeable. You're describing the dance dynamics. Absolutely. Right. Without tension, you're not dancing. You're yep. just standing there. Yep. And so I think relationally speaking, us as husbands, if we're, if we're using this in the context of a wife doesn't know what she wants, us as husbands do a poor job of helping draw that out of her by offering good pressure. Mm-hmm. And the difference is I'm not forcing it but I'm not backing off. I completely agree not to back off. But the reason that I was kind of giggling earlier is I can totally envision a guy almost sending the message. Not that I think he would ever actually say this, or maybe he would, but that women pick up on it as, (laughs) when are you going to get naked and give me some? That it just, it can come across really pouty and immature. And there is nothing that is a bigger turnoff to a woman to feel as if, A, she's just being objectified and just being treated as a sexual doormat that he just wants to wipe his feet on or a sexual vending machine. I'm putting in my quarters. Why aren't you giving me my sexual favors? Right. You know, I, I brought home the bacon. Why aren't you having sex with me? Because women do not like having sex with an immature boy. Right. It just, it, 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 it doesn't feel no. right. So, There's nothing in your spirit that feels like you should cave in right. and reward that behavior. So you here's know, the question. Like the kid, though, in a tantrum in here's the, the question. You don't I, give in. I, I got a question I have to ask then of all the husbands listening. Think of the times when you approach your wife for a kiss. This has nothing to do with this is the beginning of a sexual interlude. This is just, I want to kiss you either goodbye, hello, or just, you know what? I'm walking by you and I want to kiss you. How confidently do you approach? It's just kind of a a, a mental checklist, a thought process. Do you swoop in and kiss her? Or do you kind of hover waiting for the right opportunity to kiss her? Or do you steal her away to kiss? I mean, some of the best things I have done with Pam is I grab her by the neck and I pull her in. And it's a full on, here you go. I'm coming. And if you push me away, I get it. But I'm you're not going to because I'm going to do this too fast. Right. <laughs> and, and so but it's just it's a it's the whole of the game in the sense of this is a long game I'm playing and I'm setting mm-hmm. a tone with you that I want to have as the entirety of our relationship because sex in our infection is a part of it. It's not all of it. Right. And if that notion sounds too scary for you, if that just seems like it would be too big of a leap to grab your wife by the back of her neck and plant (laughs) one on her really firm and confident, 
maybe start with just gently wrapping your arms around her rib cage when mm-hmm. you're coming up behind her. Make sure she knows because women generally don't like to be scared out of their wits. That's kind of a trigger point for some women. But let her know that you're there. Wrap your arms around her waist and just kiss her on the back of the mm-hmm. neck. And then walk away. But yeah, and it's walk just, away. It's doing it confidently. The other thing mm-hmm. to ask is when you have conversations with each other on the phone, who ends the conversations typically? Because a lot of times that can set a tone of if I make the call to Pam, I'm usually the one that ends the conversation. Mm-hmm. Because I used to be the nice guy that was holding on for every single crumb and nugget I could possibly get from her. And at that point, then I'm like, well, do you need anything else? And then, and then I've made her mad. You know, because I'm just listening to her <laughs> breathe. You know, <laughs> and so the difference is, I wanted, I want to set a good tone for my life mm-hmm. and for my marriage, and that's my job. And she has the exact same job, not in the same arenas all the time, but she has the mm-hmm. same job of setting a tone for how she wants her marriage to be. That's the pressure we're talking about. That it's yep, on both yep. of us then. And so going back to what, how can a woman learn what turns her on, mm-hmm. what arouses her? I would suggest that because women are such creative creatures, I mean, like the whole reason we look at Pinterest and we, you know, like we, we, we are very right brained creatures. We, we love inspiration and creativity. Okay. Well then turn to music, get on YouTube and find the music that really turns you on stuff like crystal blue persuasion or, mm-hmm. or, you know, like just something that you're like, Hey, come on, baby, light my fire. Or, you know, whether it's Rolling Stones or whoever it is, music, literature, and art capture that energy in the right side of your brain and, and let that fuel you. Cause there's a lot of very, uh, inspiring art and literature in music out there that is designed to create sexual energy in you. That's what the artist or the composer or the writer had in mind when he created that work of art. Right. So uh, get creative. It's, it doesn't just have to be a left brained activity of he asked me a question and I gave him an answer. Tap into that that sexual energy that's deep in your soul. You know it's in there, girl. Right. You know it's in there. <laughs> so let me let me kind of close it out with this. I got a question for you, Shannon. Um, when we're talking about maybe maybe I'm off base, and that's where I need I need a female perspective. When we're talking about this dynamic of I don't know, and we're using it under the context of the wife is the one that doesn't know, so the female is in that moment. Would it be bad counsel? If I was to propose to the men that and you're not doing this to take advantage or wield it as a weapon, you're doing this as a pursuer and a leader. And if I get a don't know, then that means I push my plan until I get a no. Yeah, I think that that's very reasonable. It's kind of, it goes back to what you're saying about the choice of the restaurant. If he says, you want to go out to eat? She says, yes. Where do you want to go? I don't know. How about duck? How right. about duck? Like he just keeps tossing it out until she says, yeah, let's go there. Okay. Yeah. Let's do that. So yeah, I'm okay with that as a start. I'm okay with that as a start, but I think where we got to get to is, Hey, I'm taking you out to eat and we're, when we're going here and she's like, now nah, I just had that for lunch. I want to do this done. Well, let's do that. I don't care. You know, but it's, I come at it, one of the biggest problems I see in married life is we ask too many questions of each other. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't just announce an intention and then I get feedback from it and adjust as I need to. That's a huge right. difference. Yeah, yeah, I would say that that's true. So if you want help trying to figure out how you feel and what you want and how you can get this energy from deep down inside of you to out between the two of you, shannonethridge.com. 
and then click on the workshops link november 5th through the 8th 100 dollars off if you get registered before we fill up don't miss it don't miss it well this has been sexy marriage radio um this is fun it is i like talking I about doing this with you what what what, what 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 if i don't know what i want well then okay that first off you're normal so, yeah. so life is full of choices absolutely Make one. <laughs> sometimes we don't always know but realize that that's that can be the framework for something deeper and pressure to to make a decision as to what i want and then maybe that makes it even better so if we left something out feedback at sexymarriageradio.com so thank you for taking some time out of your day we'll see you next time we love you for listening